Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. We have a great deal to say about this, and it's difficult to explain since you have become too lazy to understand. Although by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the basic principles of God's revelation again. You need milk, not solid food. Now everyone who lives on milk is inexperienced with the message about righteousness because he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, for those whose senses have been trained to distinguish between good and evil. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you and we thank you for this good word today. <coughs> Dear Lord, there are sometimes we need to read passages like these that are kind of tough. God, there are times perhaps that we have become lazy and we have become spiritually immature. Maybe there are some in here today that this passage applies to. And God, if it doesn't apply to us today, <coughs> let it be a word of warning and instruction so that it may not apply to us in the future either, dear Lord. But God, should we be those who live spiritually immature lives right now, I pray, God, that you'd speak to us and help us to grow in your word and to grow in you. God, I thank you for this church and for these folks that are here, and I thank you for these few minutes, and I pray that you hide me behind the cross, that I would preach and teach in a way that brings glory to you. You take away any fear or pride in my life, God, and that everything today is for you. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Sometimes passages like these are quite difficult to read because it talks about God's people at times being lazy and being immature. Now Paul uses this language in 1 Corinthians and whoever the author of Hebrews is uses this same type of language here. Now, without digging too much into the context of those passages, I'll sum up what's going on here. And that is, God's people that are being spoken to should be more spiritually mature than they are. But whatever situations that are going on in their life, or whatever situations may be going on in our life, we are not growing in the Lord in the way in which we should. That is, perhaps we've put our faith in Jesus Christ. We know the Word of God, but we are simply not growing in the Word of God. We are not living in a way that brothers and sisters in Christ should be living. The writer of Hebrews here says, Look, by this point, that is, you've been walking with the Lord for some point in time, there should be some change in your life. There should be something in you that's better than it used to be. There should be something in you that seeks the Lord more, that listens to the Lord more. There should be more to your walk with Christ than, than just the basic things. We should be digging, digging deeper into our walk with Christ, that we look more like Christ every day. But for whatever reason, this audience here, their, their, their depth of their growth, growth in Christ has kind of stagnated. And the author of Hebrews says that they have become lazy or they become dull of hearing, that they have just become complacent. Perhaps that is easy for us to do as well. We hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. We know it's truth. We put our faith in Jesus Christ. But then we don't really seek the word of God. We don't really see how God may want to work in our life. We don't 
we don't follow the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit convicts us in some way. And we say, well, I'm a Christian, and, and that's enough. I mean, my sins are forgiven, but, but God wants our relationship with Him to be deep. He wants us to grow in Him and to know good and to know evil and to do good and to rejoice in Him and find peace in Him, not just to kind of not just to go along on our own and, and forget his word and forget his ways. The writer of Hebrews says, Look, by this time you ought to be teachers of the word of God. And, and I'm having to go back and teach you basic things that you should already know to try to help you to mature and to seek the Lord and to grow in the Lord. And he uses the illustration here, By this time you should be eating solid food but I'm having to give you milk once again. Now, think about a child that is born. When a child is born, you must give a child milk. That's really all the child can take at that young age. There is a time in our life where milk is good, where milk is needed, where milk is a necessity. But we don't keep feeding children milk their whole life. As a child begins to grow, what do you begin to do? you begin to feed them food that's more and more solid until eventually they're cutting into a 16-ounce ribeye. But you can't give a newborn baby a 16-ounce ribeye. They cannot eat that. They cannot sustain themselves on that. They cannot process that. They cannot chew that. So they start with milk. But there has to be a growth that takes place. And what a beautiful illustration because this is easy for us to understand. Sometimes we come into God's word and we in God's house and we read God's word and we hear God's word and, and we understand it on a basic level and praise the Lord. That's all we have to understand to be saved is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who gave his life on a cross so that we could be forgiven. And we are sinners, but if we confess our sin and put our faith in Jesus, we become children of God. Now that is a simple message, and we must start there. And praise the Lord, that is simple enough that anyone can understand that message. That is the milk, and it is good milk. But it is necessary to have that milk to have life. But God doesn't want us just to end our life on that truth. Now, we always, everything is built on that truth. Everything is built on that foundation of Jesus Christ. But there is so much more to the Word of God that God wants to pour into us, to lift us up, to encourage us, to say, okay, now you are my child, but you still have to live life, and this is how I want you to live life. This is how I want to use my word and my instruction to encourage you. This is how I want to use my word and my instruction to guide you so that you can live a good life so that you can be saved, so that you can be at peace, so that you can find trust in me and comfort in me and strength in me and all the things we need. And that comes through our growth in Jesus Christ, our growth in the Lord. So what about us today? Are there any of us in this room, perhaps, we have become lazy and we're not really growing in the Lord in the way in which we should? Perhaps there are some in this room and we know the basics of Scripture. Praise the Lord. That's where we must start. But maybe there's more to God's Word that He wants us to know. Not, not more in that there's anything greater than Jesus Christ. That is the greatest there is. There, there are no hidden secrets. You know, sometimes people are always looking, oh, here's this hidden thing in the Bible and this hidden thing that God wants to show us and reveal to us. I don't know about all these hidden things. I believe everything God wants to show us is right there. 
in black and white. Jesus Christ is not hidden from us. There's nothing uh, secret in the Bible. It's, it's stuff that we can understand about how God wants us to live. And so what about us today? How do we want to live? I would hope that if we were to go around this room and I were to say, do you want to be mature in Christ or do you want to be immature in Christ? I would hope that everybody in this room would say, I want to know Christ and I want to be mature in Jesus Christ. I want to know Christ. I want to know the Word of God. I want to know how Jesus lived. I want to know what Jesus commanded me. And I want to grow in that so that I can be more like Him every day. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be more mature in the Lord. I want to be a faithful son or daughter of God. Okay, so I'll give you all the benefit of the doubt this morning. If any of you say, no, nah, I don't really want to know a whole lot. I just, I know Jesus, and I'll come sit on a pew, but that's really all I want to know. Well, don't tell me if you, if you believe that. I'll give you all the benefit of the doubt today, and I'll say that probably all of us, wherever we are now in our walk with the Lord, that we want to grow in that walk with the Lord. But to get to where we want to be requires work on our part. Now, our salvation, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Our salvation does not require anything on our part. It only required what Jesus did on the cross for us. But for us to grow in the Lord requires some work on our part to actively seek Him. Now, tonight at 5.30, most of you probably know this, there's going to be the Super Bowl is going to come on, and there are going to be 92 players take the field, 46 from each team. And I suspect that if we were to go ask all of these players, that the vast majority of them, if not every single one of them, would tell you from the time that they were a child that their dream was to play in the Super Bowl. And they get to do it. Now, very few players get to do it. Of all the Super Bowls we had, there's only a handful of players throughout the years who have played in a Super Bowl. There are a few who get to live their dreams. But here's the thing. For these players who are playing in the Super Bowl tonight, they did not just say when they were seven years old, one day I want to play in the Super Bowl, and all of a sudden they wake up today and play in the Super Bowl. There is a lot of stuff that has taken place that has got them from where they are to where they wanted to be. The reason why these guys will be on the field tonight is because they have put the work in. They didn't just get to the Super Bowl because they won their championship game. They didn't just get to the Super Bowl because they won all of their playoff games. They didn't just get to the Super Bowl because they won all of their regular season games. It started long ago. It started months ago in spring training, when they were in college, when they were in high school, when they were a kid playing in the backyard. They started at the lowest level, but through work and determination, they have made it where they wanted to go. And for 46 of them, they will put on a Super Bowl ring, they will have achieved what they have desired to achieve. And so it is for you and I. We may sit here today and we may say, okay, here is what I want. 
God, I want to be obedient to you. God, I want to serve you. God, I want to be more mature. God, I want to know good and evil, and I want to choose good over evil. God, I want to know your word. I want to remember your word. I want to focus on your word. I want your word to work in my life. I want you to change my heart. God, I want you to help me to love other people. God, I want to be more like Jesus. Okay, that's a great lofty goal, but how do we get there? We don't just get there by sitting on a pew saying, I want to be there. We get there by saying, okay, God, I am going to seek you. I'm going to put in the work. God, I'm going to, I'm going to read your word. God, I'm going to pray to you. God, I'm going to listen to you. God, I'm going to do what you call me to do in life. And that is how we reach spiritual maturity is we say, okay, I'm not just going to sit on the sidelines and wait. I'm not just going to sit here and say, I want to be more like Jesus. I'm going to work to be more like Jesus. Okay, what are some areas? All right, God, you tell me I'm supposed to love everybody. There's some people that I'm having a hard time love. God, help me in this area. God, I'm going to pray for those people. God, help my heart to change. And if we work at that and seek God's word and say, God, forgive me because I still ain't loving them the way I am, over time, if we genuinely seek the Lord and his word and allow him to work in our life, guess what? He begins to shape and mold us in these areas that we are weak in. And we all have our areas of weakness. Yours may be different than mine. Mine may be different than yours, but there are areas in our life that God needs to work in our life. And when we allow God to work in all of these areas in our life that need work, we begin to become mature brothers and sisters in Christ. We begin to listen to the Word of God and do what the Word of God says. The problem with the people that the book of Hebrews was written to is they, they were lazy in their faith. They were on milk, not solid food, and they were being tempted... They were being tempted to turn away from Jesus Christ. Now, here's another reason why we must make sure that we are mature so that we don't fall into such temptations, that we don't become stagnant. Because if we are constantly seeking the Lord, we are excited about the Lord. He's ever before us. His word is before us. It's on our mind. But the moment we become lazy and stagnant, the Lord may not be the most important thing on our mind. Other things may begin to come in, and we may find ourselves in danger of the same thing of the Hebrew audience, that we find ourselves becoming lazy and not desiring the greater things of God, the meat that's in there. We should always desire the greater things of God's Word to grow in those things. Another passage, perhaps, I think that is good for us to consider is found in 2 Peter Second Peter chapter 1, if you want to turn there. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2. And while spiritual maturity isn't necessarily mentioned in this passage, <clears throat> perhaps there is some benefit for us in it today. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2. May grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God, and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything required for his life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Now, here we see a word repeated often in this passage as we will continue through, and that word is knowledge. Now, sadly, the English language is not very good always because in a lot of other languages, there are 
multiple words that describe, describe things in different ways. And sometimes in the English language, we just have one word. A good example of that is love. In, in the Greek, there are lots of different words that are used for love. We just have love. And, and I can say, I love, uh, I love uh, kettle cooked jalapeno chips, and I love my wife. Well, I use the same word, but it's a different type of love. And in the Greek, for example, that word would be a little different. Well, this is an example of sometimes how words are different. Here we have the word knowledge used throughout this passage, but it's not always the same type of knowledge. It's just not one, one, one singular knowledge. It's knowledge that takes shape in a couple of different ways. Now, here we speak of the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. And again, in verse 2, uh, through the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so Peter is speaking to a Christian audience here. And this knowledge, I believe, that he's speaking of here in these first couple of verses is a, is a saving knowledge, is a salvation-type knowledge. They have come to a knowledge, not just, oh, I know who Jesus is. Now, there are millions of people in this world today that you could probably ask them who is Jesus, and they could say, oh, yeah, I know, I know about Jesus. I've heard about him. He's, he's the, the one that's supposed to be the Son of God, and he died on the cross for our sins. Yeah, I, I, I know about Jesus, okay? Well, that's one type of knowledge, but that's not the knowledge that Peter is speaking of here. The knowledge that Peter speaks of here is, an, is a, is a relationship-type knowledge. Like, I know God. I know who God is. That is, I have faith in who God is. I believe in the truth of God's Word. I believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I believe that God's Word uh, is true and that Jesus died on the cross for me. And so this knowledge, if we could call it that, is faith. This is what Peter's talking about here. You have faith in God. You have faith in Jesus Christ. So, so this knowledge you had has caused you to put your faith in Jesus Christ. And so we continue on. Verse 4. By these, that is his own glory and goodness, by these he has given us very great and precious promises, so that through them you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. Okay, and so he says, look, you have put your faith in Jesus Christ. Here we see this word here, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's out of line to, to attach faith here to this knowledge that he's talking about. He says, okay, you've, you have this knowledge of God. You have put your faith in God, and so therefore, for this very reason, make every effort to what? To supplement your faith to strengthen your faith. Now, he's about to give us a list of things to consider. What he is not saying here is that somehow we need faith and these things for our salvation. These are two different things here. We are not saved by works. We are saved uh, by grace through faith. Okay, so that's what our salvation comes from. It comes from our faith. But if we have knowledge, if we have faith in Jesus Christ, here is how we need to live. Here is what we need to do. Here is how we can grow. Here is how we can mature. Okay? We come to a faith, but don't stop there. Supplement your faith. Strengthen your faith. Have, do these things uh, along with your faith. Live your life in this way. And that's what he says. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness. Goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with endurance, endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly 
affection with love. Now, what does he say there right at the beginning of that list? He says, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness, goodness with knowledge. Okay, now this is a different type of knowledge. Okay, that first knowledge he's speaking of is a, is a knowledge that, that leads to a saving faith. You know God and are known by God. But this other knowledge he speaks about here is simply just learning more things, learning more about the Word of God, coming to a greater knowledge. Okay, how can we know more about the Word of God? We read the Word of God. How can we know more about what God desires for us to do in life? We seek God, and we follow His guidance. We listen to the Holy Spirit. And so he gives a whole list of things here that are Probably we could preach a sermon on each one of these things. But the idea here, without taking the time to break them all down, is if we have put our faith in Jesus Christ, we have become sons and daughters of God. Praise the Lord. But our faith should not stop there. It should not stop with the milk. Okay, you have, you have come to faith, but now you must grow in the Lord. You must supplement your faith. You must grow in your faith. You must strengthen your faith. And here are things you need to do. Here are things you need to practice. Here is how you can grow in the Lord. You grow in the knowledge of the Lord. You grow in self-control. You grow in love for one another and things like this. And so we come together every week and we, and we read God's Word. And for some of you, you have put your faith in Jesus Christ. And hopefully we come here every day saying, Okay, God, I want to know more. I want to know you better. Now, you don't have to come to church just to do that. You, we, we do it when we read God's Word at our home or, or perhaps when we hear other preachers on the radio. I mean, there are lots of ways in which we are growing in the Lord if we are growing in the Lord. But that really is the question that we must answer today. Am I growing in the Lord? Do I give the Lord any time? Do I put any effort into my relationship with God? If you don't put any effort into any relationship in this world, guess what? That is not going to be a good relationship. That's true of friends. That's true of spouses. That's true of church family. If there is no effort put into a relationship, that will not be a good relationship. Now, we do not want our relationship with God to be a bad relationship. And I can assure you, if our relationship with God is not where it needs to be, it is not because God has not done his part. He has done his part. He has sent his one and only son to die on a cross so that we may be forgiven of our sins and have his grace and have his goodness. God has given us his word, his instructions, his commands. God has given us the Holy Spirit in our life. And so if there is a reason that our relationship is not good with God, it is not because of God. It is almost entirely because we're not seeking the Lord, because we're not listening to the Lord, because we're not growing in knowledge of the Lord. Let's continue on in verse 8 here, Second Peter. For if these qualities, that is the list he just, he just read for us, for if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they will keep you from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, that's pretty strong language, right? Okay, do these things, and if you continue to do these things, if you continue to grow in the Lord, if you continue to, to uh, mature in the Lord, then 
he says, you will not be useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to be useless and unfruitful. But if I'm honest, there are times in my life that I am useless and unfruitful. And why is that? The reason that I, and perhaps sometimes you, are useless and unfruitful is because we are not growing in the Lord. Because we're just kind of dragging our feet along. Because we're saying, oh, it's too much work to do what God says. It's, it's, it's hard. I don't want to read God's word. I don't want to do what God says because I want to do this thing and I know it's wrong. But I'm, gonna, I'm just going to forget God's word here for a minute so I'm going to do it. Well, when we get to those, those times in our life, we become useless and unfruitful. And that is not what God desires for his people. God wants us to be useful for his kingdom. God wants us to be fruitful. God wants us to be full of love. He wants us to be full of joy because the, the fact is that when we are useless and unfruitful, we feel it. Now, we may not use those, those words, but we feel down, we feel out, we feel depressed, we feel ashamed, we feel guilty. Well, those feelings often come with, 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 with the being useless and unfruitful. And that uselessness and unfruitfulness comes because we're no longer growing in our knowledge of God. We're no longer growing in the Word of God and in the actions that God has called us to do. But if we want our love for God to increase, if we want our relationship with God to grow, if we want to reach a new level of maturity, we do it by saying, God, I have the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I have put my faith in Jesus Christ, and I want to be more like him. So, God, what do I need to do? God, I want to seek you. I want to find you. I want to let you work in my life. Now, that's a key step right there. We want to let God work in our life. We have to get to a point. Now, we may get to a point where I say, where I say I want, this is how I want to be. But have you got to the point where you say, and God, I'm going, to let you, I'm going to let you change me into that? Because God says, okay, here I am ready to go. I'm ready to work in your heart and your life. But even though if we say, man, I desire it, but by desire it means I'm going to have to give up this. I'm going to have to change that. And God, I'm not quite ready to let you in. So we have to be ready to let God do the work. So when the day comes that we say, God, I want to be more like you. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to read your word. I'm going to pray to you. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to follow when the Holy Spirit guides me. God, I'm going to let you have my way. When that day comes, we begin to mature. And so spiritual maturity, of course, comes with some level of knowledge. Salvation comes with some level of knowledge. The knowledge that Jesus Christ died on a cross so that our sins could be forgiven. But I don't know that we can measure spiritual maturity strictly by knowledge because there are some, perhaps in this room, that have a great knowledge of Scripture. <laughs> there may be others who have far less knowledge of Scripture and God's Word. But yet, I believe it's possible for even those who don't have as much knowledge to be more spiritually mature than those who do have knowledge. Perhaps spiritual maturity is not measured by the knowledge that we have obtained, but maybe spiritual maturity is better measured not by how much we know, but what we do with what we know. Now, there may be some in here that know the Bible very well. You may know everything that God calls you to do and tells you to do, but you may not do a single one of them. 
So what good is our knowledge if we're not willing to do what we know? If we're not willing to listen to what God says, if we say, man, God's word is saying this, and I know it says to do it, and I'm not doing it, your knowledge has not resulted in spiritual maturity. Your knowledge has resulted in spiritual immaturity. Now, we need to make sure that we don't fall into that trap because sometimes we may trick ourselves and think that we are somehow very spiritually mature because we know a lot about God's Word. Well, you may know a lot about God's Word, but do you do what it says? If you don't, you failed the test. Perhaps there are some in this room that if I were to give you a big test on God's Word, there may be a lot of the answers you wouldn't get. You may not have the same knowledge. You may only know two or three things. You may be so basic level, you may only know, I don't need to lie and I don't need to steal. But maybe you don't lie and you don't steal. That's all you know, but you do what you know. And that is what God expects of us, is to do what we know, is to live up to the level of knowledge we have received. And when we do with what we have received, then God begins to work in us. When we say, all right, God, I know one thing, and this is all I know, I'm going to do this one thing, guess what God's going to do? He's going to show you something else. And when you do that one thing, he's going to reveal something else to you. And you who are faithful with a little will receive a lot. And there are some who receive a lot, and they are unfaithful and useless and unfruitful because they are not listening to what they know. So whatever you know today, don't leave here today saying, man, I don't know much. I'm spiritually immature. Don't say that. Whatever you know today, are you doing what you know? Are you doing what God has revealed to you? Whatever amount of truth you have received today, that is the amount of truth that you are to live by. For some of you, it may be a lot of truth that you, that you know, that you have learned, that you have studied. Live by that truth. For others, it may be a little truth. It doesn't matter. Whatever amount of truth each of us have come to believe and know is truth through God's Word, let us live by that truth today. And I believe that in that way, we become spiritually mature. So let us not be those who have become lazy. Let us not be those who have become useless and unfruitful. Let us be those who say, God, I want to be more like Jesus. And God, there's some work that needs to be done in my life. And God, well, I just hadn't been seeking you. I hadn't been listening to you. But God, today I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to seek you. Maybe there are some in here today and you realize for the first time that you have never put your faith in Jesus Christ. Well, that's where everything begins. That's the knowledge that you must come to that point and put your faith in Jesus Christ. I hope today that if there are some in this room that do not know Jesus Christ, they would. You may know a lot of Scripture. You may have come to church a lot of times, but you may not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I pray that today that you would have a true knowledge and let that knowledge result in faith where you put your faith in Jesus Christ. For others... You've put your faith in Jesus Christ and you genuinely are a child of God. But maybe, just maybe, you've been drinking milk for a long time. Maybe today is the day that you say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do better. God, I'm going to seek you. Because God, I want to be more like you. And it takes work. It takes effort on our part. But we'll never get to eat meat 
If we don't say, God, okay, I'm ready for something else. I'm tired of drinking milk. God, I want to eat the meat. I hope today that we all eat the meat of God's word and experience the grace of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you today, and this is this is kind of a tough passage in some way, dear Lord, because it really causes us to reflect on our life, and dear Lord, man, sometimes there are things there that ain't good. We, we must admit at times we are spiritually immature as individuals, maybe even as, as a church body, dear Lord. But God, we don't want to be that way, dear Lord. My prayer this morning is that that you'd put a fire in each one of us, God, that that those who are yours, we would always seek to grow in you and never assume that we know enough and never never feel as though we're a good Christian or bad Christian based on how much we know, dear Lord. Don't let us fall into that trap. Let us learn what we can, and God, what we learn, let us do it. And God, let us strive to do that, and we will always succeed no matter how much knowledge we get in this world. God, I pray that if there are some in this, in this room today, maybe they do not know Jesus Christ. They've never had that knowledge, that intimate knowledge, that intimate relationship. I pray that today they put their faith in Jesus Christ. God, I pray that you help us wherever we are today, whatever we know, whatever we have learned, God, to live by that. God, I pray that we would continue to mature and to grow in you. God, I thank you for the few minutes that we have this morning, and I pray that as we prepare to close with this song, that God, if you've spoken to anybody in this room today, that they would respond to you. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.